Hello, and welcome back to the Three Timbers podcast series, Life Interrupted. Today, we are joined by Jeff Ryan, Brittany Sheets, and Grant Reason. Well, hi, hello, and welcome back to the Life Interrupted podcast. It is great to have you with us. Uh, my name's Jeff. I am the lead pastor at Three Timbers, and I am joined by the backup kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs and creative arts and worship pastor, Grant Reason, as well as the queen of all things ice cream, Brittany Sheets. It's good to have you guys here. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. I don't know. What are you, how are you doing? Are you doing good? I'm doing well. Doing oh, well. sweet. Okay. That's good. How's the ice cream game looking? I mean... I'm full of ice cream right now, to be quite honest. I <laughs> ate like a whole tub earlier. That's good work. That's good work. And Chiefs wise, you're feeling you're feeling good. If if you if Harrison Buckner goes down, you're you're ready to come in. Yeah, well, I think so. I as long as they give me ample time to line up and kick it and don't Charlie Brown me, we should be okay. So <laughs> okay, I thought you would say as long as they give you ample uh, paycheck, but I, time is fine if that's what you want. Well, I mean. Either or. It's, Either. it's really for the love of the game. It's, so. it's all about yeah. the team. Yeah. There's no I in team, just yeah. me. Yeah. Um, well, great. It is good to have you all with us. We hope you all are having a terrific day. And and I'm really kind of geeked up um, about what we're going to take a look at today. And, and Grant and Brittany have unfortunately had to hear of my geekiness on this. But we are going to take a look at the book of Nehemiah. And in the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah is like my favorite book it is just such a cool story about life interrupted and and the response to that interruption and leadership and and bringing people together for a kingdom cause and so um, I have been really geeked up. How have you guys experienced my geekiness towards the book of Nehemiah? I thought that Jason was your favorite book. That that is a rumor. Yes, there. Uh, it's uh, Nehemiah though. Well, it's either Nehemiah or the book of Moses. I know okay, that you're a big okay. fan of the book of Moses. Yes, I love Moses. That's <laughs> why I heard that Nehemiah was your favorite, and I was like, what? Nehemiah, Nehemiah is... Nobody picks Nehemiah as their favorite. He's going into the deep cuts of the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. you just... Not good enough for the other ones or something? I don't know. Just Nehemiah, that's my guy right there. Moses just, led a whole people group who hated him out of slavery. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, that's not bad, but Nehemiah, he kind of left a cushy job and and he kind of came and and like he just helped build the wall and bring people together. I mean, it sounds like everybody who is called by the Lord. He's my guy. He's my guy. So I'm just I'm just saying Nehemiah is Is that what happened? Is that what happened? You had to leave a cushy job to to follow where God was calling? Oh, we get Is that deep. why is that oh. why you like Nehemiah so much? Cuz I can get on board with that. So what I'm what I'm seeing here is Brittany is clearly the Stephen A. of, yeah. of all <laughs> theological debates. You know that's a, it's a good question. I you know I had a I, I did enjoy the job I I had and I love being called more to to ministry. But I did have a cool job. I don't yeah. know if you call it cushy, but it was it was really cool. Well, everybody loves what the Lord's gonna have them do once they say yes to it. Well, most of the time. Most of the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. Okay, that's a good call. Well, we're going to dive into Nehemiah anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, despite the obvious protests <laughs> that are in the room. And uh, so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to take a look at uh, Nehemiah uh, chapter one. 
And, and let me give you just a little bit of context here. The book of Nehemiah is the last of the Old Testament historical books, and it really kind of talks about the story of uh, the people of God returning from exile. Now, this is the third time they've had to return from exile. Uh, the first one was led by a guy named Zerubbabel, and I just love to say that guy's name. Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. It's kind of like bubble. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. an awesome name. I love that name. The other one was led by Ezra, and now we come here to Nehemiah. And if you know the book of Nehemiah, the book before it is Ezra, and many scholars think that Ezra and Nehemiah were really one book. Um, so, and, and really, it's a story um, about how Nehemiah's life was interrupted by events that happened to other people. And that's one of the cool things we want to talk about is all of us know what our lives feel like when they get interrupted, but how do we respond when we see somebody else's life get interrupted? So um, we're going to take some turns reading these first 11 verses. I'm going to start out, uh, and then Brittany's going to pick up, and then we're going to have Grant. So uh, chapter 1, it says this, The words of Nehemiah, son of Halcia, In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanai, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for the people, your people, Israel. Confess, I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly but by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. See, Moses. He's so cool. He's in Nehemiah. <laughs> uh, I'm in verse 8. Please remember that you told your servant Moses, if you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, even um, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and be and the to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. Uh, first, I, I felt, Grant, that maybe there was an emphasis from Brittany on <laughs> Moses. Did you pick that up or is that just me? I think that was just you. I didn't, you I didn't, didn't, you didn't pick up yeah. on that? No. Felt like there was a little bit of, a, of an emphasis there. But Moses is so cool. He comes in on all the books. It's easy to like, you know, the Hall of Famers. It's, yeah. It, I mean... Who doesn't like Peyton Manning? No, that's right. You know, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm a guy. He's a grinder, Nehemiah. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy that just kind of put in the work. And he wasn't a celebrity. You know, no. he just kind of did his thing. He wasn't a headliner. No. Uh, but we digress. So um, I, I think in order to understand this, I think you really have to go to the very last verse, Grant, that you read. And what, is it, what does it tell us that Nehemiah's job was? 
He was the cupbearer to the king. Now, do you guys know what kind of the, the role a cupbearer to the king Yeah, played? I don't think I would want that job. But it was a cushy job. I mean, you yeah. were you were right next to the king. You you know you knew everything. You were involved in everything. You had power. You had influence. You had prestige. I mean, everybody knew not just who the king was, but everybody knew who the cupbearer to the king was. And so he was doing pretty good for himself. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't suffering. He had a a really really prominent powerful position, and yet what does he do? He leaves that position. So when, when, when you hear and you read here in the very beginning this news that, that Nehemiah gets about people suffering, what's his first response? What does he do? I actually underlined this when I was reading to, to prep for this. Okay. Because I was like, dang. Actually, I wrote in the margin, whoa. Because <laughs> he, he um, for days he mourned and he fasted, pray, and prayed. So like, what does that mean like to you? Why, like, why did days. you write "whoa" when when you when That's you? That's a long that? time. Like, he did all of those things, all of those things, just by hearing the news of his brother, saying, "Hey, listen up! Like, this is what's happening over there. Like, they're just catching up." And he's and he's so sad that he's like not eating, he's mourning, and he's praying. When when you hear that, like, how does that how does that land with you, Grant? Because like that's that's crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, there's a little bit of conviction there. I think in our, at least for me, I definitely haven't fasted and prayed for something for days at a time. Uh, you know, when we we call ourselves prayer warriors every now and again, and that's very different and dramatically different than the prayer that was present in, in this chapter. And, and when I was actually reading it, I, I made the observation that when Nehemiah would have been very familiar with the tradition that would go with talking to a king to presenting to a king and so when he prays he prays as people would present to the king that he worked for because he had a very real understanding of the relationship dynamic between God and himself that God really was a king and I think sometimes we lose sight of that dynamic today in our prayers Um, but that's not how Nehemiah prays here he prays with a very specific and strong reverence and and that's how he presents it how one would present to the king that he was very familiar with well and i like that that word that you use like convicted um he was convicted by the interruption that other people were experiencing because his life really wasn't interrupted dramatically i mean like he heard the news but what 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 happens when we typically hear or see bad news on the tv what do we do yeah, just flip the flip the switch. Yeah, we flip the channel, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and when we say we pray for days, how often do we do we pray? Usually, once in a while. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we we see flooding and we we see things happen in our country and overseas and in our community and to other people, and we go, oh, that's just terrible. And if we remember to pray, we pray once, but we don't pray for days. And how many of us have ever fasted? over somebody else's situation probably not so so let me ask this question why is it so important that we are committed to a life of prayer for the interruptions that other people experience i think i mean obviously there's the the jumping off point of it it really is the most powerful thing that that we can do it's it's leveraging i heard it put this way in a in a sermon before and i really liked it it's leveraging your relationship with God like you would leverage your relationship with with somebody else 
So it's taking your issues or somebody else's issues and it's lifting it up to the only person who can really ultimately take care of that. Uh, and, and furthermore, when it comes to hearing about other people, it really is truly one of the most practical ways that we can serve them because uh, it might not be practical for me to jump on a plane and go help somebody. I might not be in a position to do that, but I can always pray for somebody that I hear about and I can always bring that to God with, uh, with the knowledge that he can take care of it and assist in that situation. Brittany, have you ever been a part of a group of people maybe at a church or at something else where all of you prayed consistently for someone else? You know, that you, you know, you continued to pray for this or prayed for that. Have you ever been a part of that? I think like the closest thing I would say, and like not like Nehemiah was by any means, um, like I've been in, in group prayer, like where we waterfall prayed over someone or laid hands on somebody or like was on a prayer chain kind of a thing, but not like Nehemiah, I would say. I, I think for me, um, you know, and, and it coming up on, on 9-11, um, the 20 year anniversaries this year, um, you know, our, our whole country, I felt for a season was in prayer for our country. And that was powerful and it united us. Uh, because it was across all denominations and everybody prayed and churches were overflowing um, with people. Um, years ago, one of the first churches that I served at, our youth pastor and his wife um, had a really scary pregnancy and the doctor said the baby wasn't going to make it. And, you know, we just committed to prayer every day. And by God's grace, the baby was born. And, but there's just something powerful uh, because usually when somebody else's life is interrupted, you feel helpless. Yeah. And and prayer is that one way to say, I'm not helpless. I'm helpful um, to being in prayer. And so that's what Nehemiah does, and he does it for days, right? And so if you're out there right now and you're you're troubled by what you see on the news or what's happening in community or to people you know, don't feel helpless. You can be helpful by praying. And don't just pray once, right? <laughs> Pray every day, pray for weeks, fast, ask God to really kind of speak to you in that way. Um, the other thing that that Nehemiah then does, and I'm really curious as how you guys interpreted this, he comes before God in prayer and he confesses his sin and the sin of the people. Why why is he why is he come about confessing sin when people are struggling? Sin by nature separates from God. It causes a distance from God, and, and yes, God knows what sin we already have in our hearts but if we if we're clinging to that and trying to hide it and um, not confessing that saying hey i messed up i mean you're you're letting that separation from god um and the fear of maybe repercussions which is you know god knows regardless of whether or not you tell him but you're letting that that distance at the very best case scenario stay the same but probably more likely uh, further sure so and 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 really what caused the the life interruption of the people um, that that Nehemiah had been brought to attention of. It was sin. Yeah. That's why he needed to go and he needed to confess it, even himself. And I think that's like kind of like a posture of humility almost a little yeah. bit, um, too, of like saying, yeah, like I messed up and I'm not, I'm unholy in asking the, the God of the universe uh, of like asking for forgiveness for him and for all of his people too. Yeah. And I love, I love that, that it's a position of humility and that's not a, a posture that we are kind of 
cultivating in our world today, right? We have the opposite posture of look at me, I'm great, I'm important, um, I've got something to say instead of coming and, and humbling um, oneself before God, confessing sin, knowing that you know sin has led to all of the problems that we have in life. And as I read it, I really see uh, Nehemiah trying to prayerfully intervene and in asking for God's mercy. And when you hear that phrase, God's mercy, what, what comes to your mind? And how have you experienced God's mercy in your life? I think, I mean, every day we experience God's mercy. It says his, his mercies are new every morning. And uh, this is something that, you know, I always try and bring to the worship team when we have practice or before we get up there. It's We're not in any position to be worthy of worshiping God. We're not in any position to be worthy of knowing him and having him come and save us, but he still allows us to do that, that he's merciful uh, in our sin and in our um, disobedience. And uh, it's really incredible that no matter how bad we screw up, no matter what our past looks like, no matter what we mess up day to day, even unintentionally, God's mercies are, are new every morning and we have the opportunity to start fresh with him regardless of what has happened. Brittany, like how, how have you maybe in your life prayed for God's mercy in somebody else's life? You know, somebody who's gone through some difficulties, maybe they um, could control them, brought them on themselves. Why have you felt it important to pray for God's mercy in the life of people whose lives have been interrupted? Yeah. Um, so for sure, I, I think kind of what Grant was going off of like, God's mercies are new every day and sitting down and praying uh, for forgiveness upon like myself or like other people around is important. And also for transformation, uh, the Holy Spirit is the only uh, person or the yeah three persons in one being kind of a thing. Um, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can transform us and make us Christ-like. And I don't know about you, but I know I want to be Christ-like as much as possible, as well as um, want other people to see, um, to be able to shine Christ through them. And knowing that the Holy Spirit is the only um, one that can help us do that and um, that we need that mercy and forgiveness and to come and take a posture of humility. Uh, I'm definitely rambling here. (laughs) No, you're, no, you're a hundred percent right. I think that, you know, it's, it's important to understand what mercy is, right? Mercy is undeserved. It can't be earned. Um, it's not given, um, because of who you are. Mercy is from God Mm -hmm. and it's because God decides to give mercy. But what Nehemiah is doing is he's not seeking that mercy for himself. He's really, truly seeking that mercy for the people that, because as you said, only the Holy Spirit can transform. Only the Holy Spirit can move in people's hearts. So it's it's going to the source of mercy, right? So Nehemiah is going to God in prayer, and then he's going to God, and he's petitioning for mercy. And, and I think that's an important thing to understand, that in our prayers, we must petition God for mercy in the life of other people because when people's lives get interrupted, it doesn't matter how they got interrupted, but we need to petition for God's mercy in their life. And I think that's an important thing to do because anytime I watch the news, I see people's lives being interrupted in sometimes incredibly tragic ways. And I think I need to be petitioning God, God, show mercy to them. 
uh, however mercy, however they need that mercy, show that to them. And that's what Nehemiah does. And to me, when I've done that, I haven't, I have felt the power of God because it's God's power. It's not my power that's there. And so, so Nehemiah is, is doing that. And then he, he kind of, he's kind of gearing up for something, right? He, he spent the time in prayer. He's petitioned for mercy, but who is he asking God to, to give him strength and success to go see? He has to go see the earthly king. Yeah. And uh, that's not an easy task to do because he's the he's the ruler and he's trying to go and say, uh, can you let me go? And I know I have this really great job, but can you let me go to um, this other this other town so that I can help rebuild something that's that's broken right now? So Nehemiah, how is he interrupting his own life to go and help other people? I mean, we, we talked about it a lot in the beginning. He had a pretty pretty sweet gig. He was living in the palace. He was eating at the king's table. Life yeah. was probably pretty good for Nehemiah. And uh, the circumstances that he would go back to would not be great. And that's that's what we talked about from the, the get-go. But on, honestly, too, it was probably a risk to go and ask the king, even if you could go and do this and for resources that could have brought tr- even additional trouble onto himself. So he's from the get-go, putting himself in a position to be, in the world's view, worse off than he was. Yeah, that's right, because so. he, he not only asked to leave, but he's like, can you also fund it too with resources? So not only is he asking if he can go, but he also has no way to get there safely or any way to build while he's there. So he had to ask for everything. Yeah, I mean, two things strike me uh the second let me start with that is a word that you use leverage your relationship with god well he was also now leveraging his relationship with the earthly king saying i'm 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 cashing in all my chips that i've built up over time being the king's cupbearer and i'm cashing those in not for me but i'm cashing them in so i can do for other people the first thing that jumped at me when i read this is this guy was leaving his comfort zone I mean, like we are sitting here on very comfortable couches right now. Yeah, it's going to put me to sleep. Uh, I mean, these are these are solid. Yep. And you are leaving a place of comfort to enter into the discomfort of others. And that to me is kind of how we are to respond to the life interruptions of other people is are we willing to leave our place of comfort to enter into the place of another's discomfort. And and that's what Nehemiah is asking for. So when he asks for, when he prays to God to ask for success, what kind of success is he really asking for? Kingdom. He's asking for kingdom success. He's not asking for earthly success. Can you think of a time in your life where somebody maybe left a position of comfort to enter into your maybe dis- discomfort or your life interruption or maybe a season where you're going through a challenge, but they said, hey, I want to come alongside and, and I just want to walk with you and I want to be with you. Can you think of anything like that? I had a, a great, I think, professor when I was living in, in Texas. Um, I had just moved down there and was not really, I, I hadn't established a friend group yet and um 
had a class actually is was, was my accounting class which i fully anticipated not enjoying like that was my one class for the semester i was not excited about but i had a great professor who i actually well i mean accounting is still not my favorite i, I loved going to the class hence, hence you're the creative arts and worship yeah master. exactly <laughs> exactly um but great professor and it actually ended up that i mean before class every day or if i didn't have class that day i'd go and hang out in his office and we'd just sit and chat and um he was somebody who really kind of helped walk me through that time of transition and um establish that and i still talk to him to this day like we're still buddies and so and he had no reason to do that he had a lot of other students to kind of keep an eye out for and to teach and but he, he took the time to to walk with me through that season so yeah I had um I think this is why I wanted to be a teacher so bad in another podcast we just shot uh because I had teachers that did that for me where they dropped everything to go to a grandparent's funeral for me or they would um leave their uh group that they were coaching to to come after the one you know the one lost sheep uh uh, comfort me or uh they I just growing up I had a bunch of teachers like that that I could always go to and then my professors were the same way where they would take time out of their day I was in Michigan and I had a question that I needed to ask uh um one of them and they said hey can you FaceTime right now like I got time right now uh, to help me out with whatever it was. And they were in Kansas. So I've had a lot of them. Yeah. I, I know, I know I had, uh, I've had a bunch in my life too. I know when I went through a very, uh, difficult transition, um, in ministry, uh, and I had another pastor from another state who didn't know me from anybody, um, who just flew in and kind of walked with me and kind of, was there with me and would and would follow up and you know he had a really busy schedule he's from a very a big church and he served in missions and he was always going all over the world but he always made sure to check in how are you what do you need and you know he had a really cushy position he didn't need to come help me and and he did and and I've never forgotten that and I've always tried to uh, to pass that on as well and I think that um, you know if we are willing to go to the Lord in prayer when we see someone's life interrupted, when when we go and humbly put ourselves before the king, and if we're willing to leverage the, the resources that we have in life and then finally kind of get to that place where we say, I will leave my place of comfort to enter into the place of discomfort that others are experiencing, that's when we can make a kingdom difference. That's when not only will the people we're entering into the discomfort with be blessed, but that's when we're going to be blessed because we're going to experience not our power, but the power of God. And, and so this is just a little taste of Nehemiah, who is by far just such a cool book, such a cool guy who is such an inspiration to me. And I know Brittany's already being transitioned from Moses to Nehemiah, just based on this one chapter. You see it, right, Grant? That or she's being transitioned to a new podcast series. I'm not one yeah. of the two, but there's definitely <laughs> something something happening there. Yeah. But um, you know, we hope that that you're encouraged by this, that you you are not helpless. We are not helpless when we see other people have their life interrupted that God has called us to respond. Uh, Brittany Grant, kind of some closing thoughts here as we as we kind of head out. I don't know. I just think that Moses is so cool that it it's in the book of Nehemiah. Like his name is in the book of Nehemiah. That's how you know how cool Moses is. 
and Nehemiah, I guess he's he, he's all right. He's a cupbearer, you know, and he and he does leave. Moses was a prince. Just throwing that out there. He was. He was. He was a Hebrew and an Egyptian. What? <laughs> That's for another day, though. For another day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Another day. <laughs> Grant, anything on your end? I think, uh, you know, we see it all, all the time in, in the world today. You turn on the news and there's no shortage of bad news out there. There's no shortage of opportunities to be praying for God's mercies for other people and uh, putting ourselves in a posture of humiliation for other people. And while, yes, it is, it's, it's great to pray for your own needs. It's also just as important, if not more so, to pray for the needs of others and to be, uh, to be prayer warriors for other people as well. So, yeah, um, there's something powerful about the, the power of prayer. That is for sure. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah, and just think if all of us were praying for others as much as we pray for ourselves, what a difference that would make in the lives of others and in our own life as well. So again, we hope that you are encouraged. We hope that uh, you are in prayer. Please be in prayer for us, that's for sure. I mean, yep. just based on this podcast, there clearly needs to be some prayer for the three of us. Getting, there's a feud. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There, there's a beef, is the case. What's your favorite Bible character? You obviously know R2. Uh, so, little known character, but I gotta say, Paul is one of my favorites. Okay, yeah. Paul's all right. I also, Jesus is up there. So. Oh. <laughs> so, Jesus is up there. Okay, well, it's good that he made, like, I don't know, the top three, four for you. Is that how it works? Let's not put numbers on it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ashley Grant will be smited, and yeah. this will be his uh, his last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so join Jeff and I the next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, join Tiffany and I the next time. But we're we're so glad that you joined us uh, here today. We hope you're encouraged and blessed. If we can pray for you, you know, we have a specific email that you can send it to at prayers at threetimbers.org. We'll pray for you. Whatever you're going through, whatever interruption you're dealing with, we will pray for you. For you. If you need prayer, we'll send it out to the whole church and the whole church will pray for you. Hey, if you are in the Bennington area on Sunday mornings, please join us for worship at 10 o'clock at Nate's Stumble Inn. Or any other time, if you're in the Bennington area, stop by the ministry center right on 156. It is fantastic. I guarantee Brittany will offer you ice cream. Um, it is a great place to be. Uh, go to threetimbers.org for more information about the church. Uh, follow us on social media. We hope that we will hear and see you soon. Until then, take care.